BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey everybody, it's In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening, downloading, however you found the show. And uh, if you haven't already, uh, please consider subbing to our uh, uh, Fight Game Media Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. It's just five bucks a month. And uh, we have uh, five shows a week scheduled. And then there's bonus shows that pop up occasionally uh which are basically just extra shows from our free feed so if you're uh you know if you're listening on the free feed as y'all are you get some bonus content and and that extra five bucks a month does also help keep the free feed going so uh please consider that uh you know in your uh in your in your podcast budget uh but uh ryan we got a packed show today there's a lot to go over and a lot to preview so let's get right into it um we'll start as we did last week and we probably will for the next eight weeks with uh with our look at the ultimate fighter and uh it's uh i've obviously taught team mcgregor against team chandler it was episode two and uh it was a bit of a weird one um they, they started off with um with announcing that one of the um one of the fighters i believe it was trevor wells was um medically disqualified from fighting and uh, they didn't really say what it was at first. And then we later found out it was like a cold sore. And uh, they were hoping that he'd be ready in a week. But then the problem is they didn't want to make them cut weight again. And so they weren't quite exactly sure what they're going to do. They may go at a catch weight. Uh, but I don't know. It's kind of weird because I think like if they would have just went ahead with a different fight, nobody would have known. So well, I don't know. <laughs> Almost felt like it was killing time. But here's the thing I noticed. I noticed watching this show. I didn't, I didn't say this to you. I was saving it for, saving it for the show. But uh, when they filmed the show, they seem filming seemed to go faster for this season than any season in the past. It almost felt like they were done shooting in what, like 
three to weeks. four, three, yeah. four weeks, three, four weeks. Whereas it's, whereas in the past is six weeks. And here's something I noticed based on when they were getting ready for the Wells Valley fight, because the fight was supposed to be happening, happening, you know, on this episode, like right away, yeah. right away. Connor and all them were in the same clothes that they were in for the <laughs> Roberts fight. So to me, it seems like they were doing two fights, two fights on a day. Uh, so they did. So they did their weigh-ins at the same time. Yeah. So, so it's like yeah. they were doing it. So it, it came off to me like they were doing a 155 and a 135 fight um, ah, on the same sense. day for the, yeah. on the same day for at least the first round. First round. So they probably. So that's the way. Well, they and, and it. So, but if it went three, you know, if it went three weeks instead of six, I mean, they could have done that. They probably did um, it throughout the entire. Yeah, and then that the would show. yeah that would really screw things up if yeah. a guy had to cut weight again you know in in that short period of time and they really would have a very small time frame because you got to get the the second round in as well right yeah the, the third round is the semifinals, and that'll be or what it, no it's four so yeah the second round and then you just go to the finals so yeah. it's it's just three rounds so yeah yeah you could do that in three weeks you just have to make guys fight two weeks so then the other thing is then you would also have guys fighting back-to-back weeks in order Love to get it. it in in three weeks Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but that, yeah. that's what you sign up for, you know, you know yeah. the drill. Yeah, but now you're asking guys; they would have to cut three straight weeks um, in order. So yeah, I, we'll see if they do end up doing catch weight. And of course, his opponent was Timur Valiev, and I think they even said like, you know, there there is even a possibility if he's not medically cleared that Valiev just may advance, uh, you know, uh, by forfeit. Yeah. Um, they're I don't they're not looking at bringing in another fighter or having someone that lost fight um, in this case. Uh, but so we ended up uh, we ended up getting um, the fight was uh, Mando Gutierrez and Cody Gibson. So Cody Gibson's UFC veteran from Team Chandler and uh, and Mando Gutierrez from McGregor. Uh, Gutierrez is a kind of a good prospect. He's he's coming in at eight and two. This is the bantamweight fight. Cody Gibson, they they told his story and it was a really good story. They they showed his family history. Him and his brother were both adopted. And then uh the family that they were adopted into had two more kids and both the kids had special needs. Um Cody, they, he talked about his career and and basically he was I think cut like he said it was eight or 10 years ago. So yeah, he was the guy that had what yeah, was it? What were you saying? Yeah, yeah, I was about that long ago. Yeah, yeah. So he was the longest. He was a guy that was the longest out of the UFC out of all the returning fighters, and I thought the way that they did it um, just kind of felt like Gutierrez was going to win. Like just the way they they um, they did the promotion ahead of time. Like I don't I don't know why. I just just kind of felt to me like like Gutierrez was the one that was going to win, and they were trying to get Cody's story in. Um, and uh, they showed some tension between Roosevelt Roberts and Landon Quinones uh, during during the you know the thing, just kind of setting that up. We saw Roosevelt Roberts fight last week, um, so but yeah, they um, they get to the fight, and uh, it, it was it was a decent fight. Um, Cody Gibson, Cody Gibson won. Um, they both weighed in, you know, they both weighed in on time and everything. Uh, Cody win uh, first round, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, three yeah. three minutes in, and uh, knocked uh, Gutierrez out with a jumping knee, clean knockout, and uh, it, it you know it was. I thought I thought it was a really good story, and the fact that Cody wins, like I'm really kind of pulling for him now, just with his story and uh, everything, and I can kind of relate because you know I have a 
couple kids with special needs so you know it's it, I, I just think it's uh, it's a very good story and uh and he they talked about him meeting his birth dad as well and 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 another sister that he never knew he had but she knew that that he was her her brother but he didn't even know she existed so yeah it was uh, I, I i thought it was a really good episode and you know your typical tough stuff not as much stuff between mcgregor and and channel this week like almost none yeah. Um, we barely saw McGregor, but but he well, was training no, and everything. No, no, they, there was a there was that long segment where Connor Connor and his coaches came to the Tough House and hung out with everybody. And oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about was, that. You know. He oh, and he got getting, his haircut. He got his got haircut, his haircut by, by Gutierrez because Gutierrez is yeah a job in between training is is cutting hair and Connor hung out with really both yeah. teams with everybody getting to know everybody yeah. and everybody and actually it was like that's kind of like uh, you know I don't. <laughs> You know, I don't know what the whole idea is to try to rehab McGregor, you know, because the last time UFC fans saw him was when he was going nuts yeah. after Dustin Poirier, after he broke his leg. And maybe this is trying to rehab him and, you know, show him in a, pay him in a good light. But I thought he came off very good. Like he did and spending yeah. time with both teams and getting to know all the fighters and all the fighters were, had very nice things to say about there's They're saying, you know, you know, they, all these guys, you know, they're lower level guys. So they, they, you know, hanging out with Conor McGregor for a couple of hours is probably like, I don't, you know, kind of one of those things. Life. One of the, not, not, I wouldn't say highlight of their life, but one of those things that kind of didn't really expect, you know, yeah. even coming on the show with him, you know, is, you know, they go like, yeah, he's definitely boisterous and got a personality, but they all said he was fun to hang around with. And it was really cool seeing Conor do that. I always, I've always liked when coaches go to the, go to the, on any season when coaches go to the house and just hang out with the fighters get to get to know them it's like you know they're it's almost like they're not stuffing the their nose at people mm-hmm. who are below them they want to make these guys feel on the same level so so i always enjoyed stuff like that on previous seasons and it was good to see here especially with connor the haircut uh, part was kind of funny because they he kept Connor's like moving around constantly. He's like talking to people and moving his head. And the poor Mondo, he's like trying to cut and he's, he can't screw up this hair. Like, yeah. you know, Connor's like a billion dollar guy, and yeah. it's like I can't mess this up. So he was like just following him around with the scissors. And you can you can mess it up. He can shave it. The hair. It's no, I know, I know. But but it was it, you know you just kind of got that tension. Like in his mind, he's like, okay, I, I got one shot <laughs> to do this right. Right, you know, and uh, but yeah, yeah, Connor was was pretty cool too. He's asking guys questions about their family. The one guy when he when yeah. he said, "Oh, I'm I'm away from my fiance on on our first anniversary," and Connor's like, "Yeah, good job." <laughs> you know, it's, it's, like, it's like he he actually it felt like he actually was genuine, yeah. wanting to get to know every not just his team but everybody that was in yeah. the house and wanting to know about their kids and their lives so you know it's yeah cool. that was cool that was cool yeah I, I can't believe i forgot that but yeah i did i definitely did see it i, I definitely am watching the show um and uh, yeah so we uh we we have uh we we had that so we had Cody <laughs> moving on so uh, team McGregor or team uh chandler's two and oh now and uh you know and and you know maybe value is gonna move i thought it was weird that the medical guy the 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 jeff mullen uh, was was all over the show and he he went to chandler first or at least on camera he did and and i thought it was weird because the guy wasn't even on chandler's team but uh i guess he, you know just to let him know that his fighter wasn't going to be able to going to be able to fight power power of editing on the, in the yeah situation. yeah yeah of course um next week we're going to have uh aaron mckenzie and austin hubbard 
uh, fighting, and Connor is going to welcome a special guest. So the fact that we have Aaron McKenzie and Hubbard fighting makes me wonder about what's going to happen with Team Revaliev and uh, um, uh, Wells, Timothy yeah. Wells. So yeah, I should watch that. I should watch that tonight since I have access to it already. Oh yeah, well they yeah because they were offering people that bought the pay per view get uh, free access right, and then I've got, I guess you get it as media probably right. Uh, pay per view thing, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. So I, who knows? Maybe I, oh no, because I didn't order through ESPN Plus, so I wouldn't yeah. have I wouldn't have it. But I I'll just watch it tomorrow. I although I was doing doing my PBR stuff, and I don't remember seeing it. I have to look again today. Um, hopefully it's airing because. Yeah, there's no reason it wouldn't air. Tomorrow's hockey, so TSN doesn't carry hockey, so I probably just didn't notice it. Um, all right, so yeah, so that was a tough, good episode. Um, yeah, that, I mean, the highlight of this is, was probably the stuff that I forgot about, but yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it, and that's why we're both here. Um, and yeah, then we watched uh, PFL, which was on Thursday. I, I don't even remember if I mentioned last week that it was Thursday, and I totally, like, I, you know, I knew PFL was coming, and I, you know, my mind, I probably expected it was Friday, but luckily, I, I saw it in the listings, and, and I did tape it, and I did watch it. Um, this was a easy show to watch, because um, a lot of quick finishes, um, and, uh, you know, the, the one fight that went to the decision was not good at all, but at least there was only one of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was three first round finishes, one second round finish. Um, and, uh, it, it was, you know, everything, the, the guys that, well, up until the main event, the guys that were supposed to win one, um, the, the uh, main event was a huge upset. Uh, Jesus Pinedo, uh, knocked out Brendan Lofnane, the, uh, defending champion and one of the guys that really is you know a bit of a signature star for for pfl um you know he first made his name on the contender series by not getting a contract and then you know he came over here and he won the million dollars and you know and he was looking pretty good to win again this year and he gets knocked out by jesus pinedo um and uh pinedo was like so excited and uh you know this was like by far the biggest win in his career um and, uh, you know, he did, uh, you know, I'm just looking back at his history. How there's like nobody anybody's ever heard of. He's 21, six and one, but, um, he, he has fought in UFC before, um, which I don't even remember, but yeah, yeah, I guess he beat Devin Powell and lost to John McDessie. So I don't even, God, I don't even remember that. That was four years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Big win in the main event. Mavlid Kubalaev, uh, submitted Tyler Diamond. Martin Hamlet won a decision over Sam Kay. Bubba Jenkins uh, submitted Sung Bin Joe with a rear naked choke, and Josh Silvera knocked out Delon Monte. Now, I didn't even know this until I got your notes, but Marlon Moraes on the prelims lost, which I didn't know because we don't get the prelims here. And uh, and he retired after the fight. Yep, yep. His, okay. uh, his I guess second retirement now because he retired yeah. at the end of his UFC run, came out of retirement to to go back to PFL and, you know, lost three straight and yeah. retiring again. And I mean, this one could be, could be legit. I mean, this is, this is, this has to be legit. I mean, he, yeah. he's lost eight of his last nine fights. He's one and eight in his one and eight in his last nine. And all eight losses have been by, been by knockout. So it's what it's a, time. what a, like just a crash in his career. I mean, he's not that old. He's only 35. Um, but I mean, he was like, you know, he was just rolling there for a while yeah. and then just 
you look at these guys. Basically. Well, you look at these guys who finished them. I mean, this is a yeah. list. This is the list: Henry Cejudo, Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font, Rob Devalishvili, Songy Dong, Shaman Marias, Brendan Lofnane, and now this one, Gabriel Alves. Brock. Yeah. So, like a lot of big names in there. Finished. Well, and we don't know anything about this Gabriel Braga, but he's a, he's ten and zero now. Um, or is he now? No, he's 11 and 0 now. So, I mean, this, you know, for all we know, this guy could be like a world champion, um, you know, in a couple of years. So maybe, you know, like, yeah, that's a murderer's row right there. Yeah. Um, the rest of the prelims were all, you know, the guys you expected to win Chris Wade, Impa Kazangane, Andrew Sanchez, um, and, uh, you know, a few people you haven't heard of. So a uh, decent show, um, you know, and, uh, nothing of note, um, other than, you know, we had uh, Justin there, Roberts and Lillian Garcia have done ring announcing. And this time it was Andy Shepard, another ex-WWE guy. So, um, it, and he's been on the show before. Here's a couple of things I wanted to note. note. First sure. off, uh, there was a light heavyweight fight, Ty Flores and Dan, Daniel Spawn. Ty Flores missed weight by, I think, like five and a half pounds. Oh, like my he came in two. He came in 211 point something. For you know a light heavyweight fight, which is two hundred five, two eleven point two. So he missed by a, five, a little over five pounds. That was uh, Flores, right? Yeah, Flores. He won, uh, okay, yeah, but didn't get any points, of course. And yeah, that's that's that. And uh, this was in Georgia, so they released the pay, the pay for fighters. You know, because oh, we talk about fighter pay, fighter pay, and you know everybody goes it's like, well, PFL plays better than a uh, UFC, and. uh I don't looking at these fighter pay, like unless you win that million dollars, uh, you're not getting paid anymore. Like Impa, Impa, Impa was at eight and eight win, win show. He was definitely making more, more than that whenever he left UFC. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, the minimum there's 10 and 10 and, yeah, minimum, and yeah. he, he yeah. fought a few times. So he was probably at I least think, up to 15. I think Andrew Sanchez was at 16 and 16 and he won tough and he, he was, he fought at least a lot 25. He started at 25 if he went tough, right? I think so, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Did he win tough? Yeah, he went tough. Yeah. And he fought a lot of UFC. Talk Marlon Marias was at 50,000. He was making six figures in the UFC. Wow. Brendan Lofton wow. was at 50,000. 50, He'd probably be making that much in the UFC with his name right now. So it's like, yeah, that one's tough because yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, if he came in on the contender series, like, it, you know, depend on how yeah. he did, but he probably would have done really well. Yeah. Chris Mavlet, Chris Kubalayev would be doing pretty good in FC by now. I think he was like 50, 50 as well, 50 and 50. Okay. Chris Wade, Chris I think, Wade was, was like 38, 38, I think. I don't have the exact numbers. I'm just trying to remember what I – But Chris Wade's whatever. been around forever. But he's been a like PFL. That guy, that guy would be making six figures beginning. in the yeah, by he, now. You know, if he's had – the way the escalators work, I know basically based in UFC and based in PFL, like if he had as many fights in UFC – UFC as he does PFL now he'd be he'd be close to he'd be close to six figures a fight. What's UFC. what's what 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 was he at? He was at I think like thirty six and thirty six or thirty. Okay, so in twenty sixteen, so seven years ago, yeah, he was at uh, he was at seventeen and seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> so in UFC, so yeah, I mean, seven years later, he'd be a lot higher. Um, and yeah, you know, he's had a good run since then. He's like. Like ten and five or something like that, and you know he's got some big wins. So, um, yeah, that that is. I mean, and I think we kind of probably all knew that, but um, it just to see it official here is just kind of yeah. Um, and well, yeah, seventeen and seventeen was the last, the last reported one. That was and yeah. He had 
he had uh, three UFC fights after that, so he was probably already close to close to. He's already in the twenties and twenties, and probably at 30, 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think Lawler, you know, our buddy Filthy, I, you know, and he, you know, when he left, and that was what at least four years ago now. Um, longer than that, yeah. Yeah, I think I think he was getting close to fifty uh, by by the time he left, and that's. I mean, honestly, that's part of the reason some of these guys get cut. Because, you know, they yeah. why pay a guy that, you know, 50 and 50 if, you know, you can pay a guy coming in off the contender series 12 and 12. Yeah. Um, and really well, contender, that, contender series is actually 10 and 10. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So, um, you, you know, and then, and then that those guys, you know, they don't really have, it's not like you're making business difference. You know, if Chris Wade is fighting or Tom Lawler or any of these other guys, like they're not selling a lot of tickets or bringing in a lot of viewers. So. You know, you can you can just fill these shows with with those contender series guys and hope that you know just roll the dice that one of them is going to become a star. Yeah, so. but I just thought it was interesting that we got those. Yeah, no, very interesting. Everybody talking about you know PFL paying better than UFC, and I go like this, not necessarily, not necessarily the case. Exactly. All right, and the big show this past weekend was UFC 289 from Vancouver. Um, I got a chance to listen to you and uh, Brian Alvarez uh, recap that on the Wrestling Observer uh radio um dave didn't didn't have a chance to watch it but uh and we'll talk about it here as well of course the big news uh amanda nunez um one retained her uh her bantamweight title in the main event just completely dominated uh irene aldania you know barely barely took a punch you know like i mean aldania landed a few but nothing that even came close to rocking her and basically for the first three rounds it looked like a sparring session and then you know amanda just took over and just decided to beat her down um she you know she's taking her down at will and and you know punishing her on the ground and um aldania you know like she she did okay to stay in there but that's it you know, and, uh, you know, it didn't even really seem like Nunez was trying to finish her. There's a couple times where she, she seemed to pour it on a bit, but um, she seemed content to just, you know, fight for 25 minutes. And then after the fight, as I'm sure you all know, uh, she, you know, she, she called in the cut man. They cut off her gloves. She she retired in the in the cage. She said, you know, like I'm, you know, she's at the top of her game. She's got money. She's got a family. She's happy. Uh, she's got the legacy, and hardly anybody ever gets to leave on top like this. And she called out Brazil because now that she's retired, there aren't any Brazilian champions for, I think, the first time since, like, what, 2006 or something? Well, there, um, there was a span of, like, two days in 2016 where there wasn't. Okay. After, after Dos Anjos lost to Alvarez, but okay. then two days later, uh, Aldo won the interim title. So, But technically, right, but, right, right, yeah. but technically for any span longer than a couple of days, yeah, it's been since 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So she she does that, and uh, I, I guess uh, give give us your thoughts on the main event, and then we're going to jump right into our question of the week because yeah. it pertains to the main event. But yeah, um, so, yeah just uh, what do you got to add about the so main event here? Definitely looked like Aldania was not in the fight from the moment she yeah. from the moment she started walking towards the octagon. She just it was almost like like. Holy fuck! I'm about to fight Amanda Nunez, the greatest of all time. All time, she looked timid and frozen very early on, and Nunez just had her way with it. With her, didn't take any big risk. Didn't need to, you know. It's yeah. it's uh, probably could have finished her, but yeah, maybe yes, maybe no. There was Adonia did land a couple of good punches in there, but nothing like that was really gonna threaten Nunez. No. It was just 
just complete domination and domination. And yeah, I will say this is probably the best uh, in cage retirement we've ever seen. You know, the putting the belts down, putting the gloves down, mm-hmm. celebrating with your family, family, daughter, daughter's dancing in the middle of the octagon. Yeah. Drinking, nice. They're drinking beer in the middle of the octagon celebrating. It's just everything was perfect about it. And Nina, you know, was <laughs> so happy too as well. Yeah. And sounds like she might come back. Uh, no, now. she was done. She's done. Oh, she's okay. pregnant I th- again. I thought I, thought I read preg- somewhere that she's pregnant again. So okay, I don't know where I th- I, th- I thought I heard somebody say that she no. might come back. But whoever t- whoever said that, I can tell you with with hundred percent okay certainty. Okay. Like she's done. She's done too. She's done too. And then uh, yeah. I, how'd you how'd you score it? I, I had uh, a fifty forty four. 50, 44, 10, 8, fifth round. Okay. I thought the third round could have been a 10, 8, 2. Third round could have been. Uh, could have been yeah. Two, uh, yeah. And I guess that probably was the one that no one argument. of the judges gave a 10, 8, 2. No argument. I mean, but yeah. But yeah, Nunez, like we talked about on the show last week, I, I, I hinted that, you know, there was talk, there was talk about this being her last yeah. fight. Fight. We talked about this could be the last time we see, see her. I didn't, I wasn't 100% sure it was going to be. But uh, then when, when John Anik, started talking about it when she was walking out yeah i kind of got the sense like this is gonna be it and then that that just performance and the fact she wasn't taking everything taking you know huge risks i go like she's just trying to win she's just trying to win and yeah. have her moment and I, I think it i think it became to me it became clear about the third round like okay yeah. she's gonna win this and she's gonna retire retiring which you know can't blame her she's a no she said uh during her post fight uh press conf press conference like she's got she's got what she believes is nerve damage in her legs because every time yeah. she throws kicks and training now now she, her legs start hurting so whenever you start feeling that you know it's it's a yeah it's you're getting there you're getting there and she's had a fantastic career i mean i mean for the longest time everybody thought she was going to be a title contender coming into coming into the sport struggled early and it wasn't until she lost to Kat Zingano uh she lost to Kat Zingano after winning the first round nearly finishing Zingano and up until that fight she had only been training part-time it was after that fight she became a full-time 100% committed no other jobs no nothing she was a full-time fighter from that point on point on and from that point on the only time she lost was that upset to Pena where she wasn't a hundred percent. So, yeah. I mean, it was, she just, uh, she's greatest female fighter of all time. It's going to be hard for anybody to ever surpass her. I think, I think there's a couple of youngsters that might have a chance, but I don't see anybody for a long time. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
when uh, one of the few times that I've done Wrestling Observer Radio was um, after the um, after she beat Cyborg in uh, in it was in Madison Square Garden, right? Uh, no, that was in the was, forum at LA. Oh, the forum, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it was um, yeah, it was December, yeah, December 29th. I I remember, I remember it was like during the Christmas holidays, or whatever. And for whatever reason, I think Dave was there live and he couldn't do the show. So I, I, I did it with Brian and filthy. And at that time after, you know, maybe, you know, a little bit of recency bias, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, like high on watching, you know, her just knock out cyborg. Right. And I said at that time, not only is she the greatest female of all time, I said, she's one of the best pound for pound fighters of all time. I said that then I took a little bit of flack, you know, cause it's I, like, I would have said that too at, the, at that time, at that point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I said, you know, and that I was saying all time, like I wasn't even saying like, you know, in just at that, but at that point she'd won four, eight in a row, um, you know, and in, including, you know, beating Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Valentina Shachenko twice and Cyborg. I mean, you know, and since then she's gone on to win, you know, six of or seven. Yeah, six of seven since then. So, you know, it only makes the case stronger. And the funny thing is, is nobody's really saying that. Like they're saying women's, but they're not really saying of all time. And I think she's got a really good case for the go of all time. I think the only thing against her is the is the quality of competition. But yeah. when you when you see that she did it in two weight classes, kind of, um, and 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 against you know like the top 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 names, you know, like there's not a single top name she hasn't beat in in at one thirty five or one forty five um so you know in, in her time and and a lot of them she's beaten twice or a few of them she's beaten twice so yeah i just uh just a great career and uh i'm happy for her and uh and now the question is what's next and uh that's your question of the week and i listened to your choices and i'll let you tell them here but well um, it wasn't necessarily on, wasn't necessarily yeah my, my choices it was just, just what logic, you were thinking at the time logic, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my mind that came to mind and it came to mind while I was listening to your recap. Here's here's the actual question. The actual question is you're the matchmaker. What what fight are you booking booking next? It doesn't have it can be logically or what what fight are you booking for the vacant title? Does okay so it could be logically, it could be off the wall, it can be anything. It's it's you have the power to make the fight. What are you okay? And and so I have an answer and and it's not the one that it probably will be, um, which is uh Pena and Pennington. Uh, I'm going with. Uh, I, I'm going to. I'm going to do a bit of a wild card, and I'm going to say Juliana Pena against Valentina Shevchenko for okay. the 135 title. Because the reason I would say that is, you know, Shevchenko's gone for that 135 title a couple times, and she's come close. You know, in the the um, you know, and and really like you know those, those fight like that, especially that first one was was so close. Um, and I think that her at 135 is better for that division. Whereas at 125, you know, we've got a new champion. We've got a lot of, you know, up and coming contenders. Did you, did you say the first Pena Shevchenko fight was close? I thought so. Wasn't it? Shevchenko massacred her and finished her in like the second round. Oh, okay. So it was the second one I'm thinking of. They um, only fought once. What? No, Pena. no, not Pena and Shevchenko. Oh. I'm talking. Um, I'm talking Nunez and Shevchenko. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Pena yeah. and Shevchenko fought the half yeah. fought though, and it was an absolute massacre. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and and that's another reason, you know, that you would do it because I think having Shevchenko as your 135 champion is better for that division than having her win the 125 pound title again. 
And uh, and meanwhile, you you've got a cha- you've got a champion from Mexico. You've got a lot of contenders coming up in that division. And the last thing I really want to see is is Shevchenko winning that title back from Grasso and just mowing through a bunch of contenders again. I'd rather see her at 135 and see her against new people, and uh, and and help that division because really, there. I mean, when you're talking about Raquel Pennington as you know the probably the number one contender or maybe holly home it's like man that division's kind of weak but then you put shevchenko on top and it's it's almost as good as having nunez there in my opinion so that's what i would do yeah. i would do shevchenko and, and pena yeah i wasn't even i wasn't even thinking shevchenko but, yeah uh, i know you weren't and that's why i didn't tell you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh okay i will first off state by it's probably going to be pena and pennington for, yeah i know for the title next i mean log- logically i could see if Holly Holm wins, beats Myra Bueno Silva, maybe she slides in there. Uh, I, if you're asking me my personal, I don't think Pena should be in the t- next title fight. She's, she's the best th- women's fighter of all time. Yeah, yeah, she was on Ariel's show today. She, <laughs> she said she was the. She said, she said, if you're asking me the best women's fighter of all time, in my opinion, it's me. <laughs> so that, that was her exact quote. Except that. Except that I'm not. Except that her, she followed it up by saying, "I'm not a fighter, though. I'm a warrior." Like she's oh, just cringe, cringe. She's coming off of getting fifty forty threed by Amanda Nunez, so she didn't really deserve a rematch. Rematch to get, even though yeah, she finished Nunez, but Nunez's win over her is probably more of a domination than you know Pena's win. Well, it's about the same as this and, one. And here's here's another reason why I don't. I think she needs to win another fight. She currently has zero wins off over anyone who's on the UFC roster now. Oh, there's not everybody that she's beat is either retired or is in Bellator or elsewhere. Well, it's because they all ran away scared from her. Yeah. <laughs> <But> anyway, so <laughs> and so I don't think Pena deserves to be in the, the vacant title fight. She needs she can't Covington her way into this, in my okay. opinion. She's trying to Covington her way into it, and it'll probably work. But I don't. But uh, well, to so, be fair, she did have a title fight signed. Yeah, and she got injured. So yeah. I mean, you know, like that's what UFC would do normally. Yeah, but my, if it was me, I'm putting Pennington in there. Not the most exciting fight, but she's she's earned it. I think she's won like five in a row on merit. You know, she's earned it. And here's my off the wall, and it is a 125 or moving up. But I'm putting Aaron Blanchfield in that spot. Hmm. Uh, Grasso and Shevchenko is in the works to be booked. Okay. To be booked, so that that is blocking Blanchfield from a title shot for at least the next six months. And mm-hmm. she wants to fight, and she's somebody. She's young. She'll probably bounce between weight classes over her career. And if she wants, you know, if you want to make a new star, putting her in a title fight, and her winning. Because she'll probably thrash whoever she, whoever she, if she were to, if they were to seriously consider this and they put her in the one thirty five title fight, she'd probably thrash anybody in that division right now. So that's my kind of out there off the wall. What I would do. Yeah, I, that's not bad. I mean, and, and Blanchfield's like, uh, you know, she'd be one of the youngest champions in UFC history if that happened, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so that's a good story as well. Um, 
I, I mean, it is telling that when you were running down some of the names, one of the names you mentioned was Ketlin Vieta. And I'm like, you know, as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, yeah, so, you know, it's a name or whatever. And and then uh, you look and she's actually coming off a loss. But I mean, it was a split decision. But, um, you know, it's like, but that division is so dead. I mean, we talk about 145 and we can forget about that. Like that division is gone. 145 is <laughs> gone. I mean, there's, yeah. not enough, there's not enough talent. No. 145 no. for... There's only enough talent at 145 for one division, and they were trying to spread them across three because three companies, re- yeah. Yeah, realistically, it's like PFL, PFL. Their fighters, their their women's division is 155, but it's really all 145ers with a few up. 135ers. Yeah, really. And yeah. Bellator has featherweight, but yeah, I mean, a lot of Bellator's featherweights are former UFC bantamweights, yeah. and the only. Yeah. Other consistent featherweight in the UFC is Norma Dumont, which yeah. they're going to have to tell her, figure out how to get to 135. You've tried or before. Go to PFL. Or <laughs> we're going to just have to let you go. Yeah, no, exactly. And and uh, and that's it. And that's what the PI is there for. So, you know, if she wants if she wants to stay in UFC, they'll they'll you know, she can do it, but it's not gonna be easy, but she's gonna have to get her weight down. So, um, yeah, so that, uh, you know, it's very. Um, you know, really probably end up being one of the biggest stories of the year in, in terms of in cage, um, you know, with, with Amanda Nunez retiring, she'll probably be in the hall of fame next year, uh, yeah. assuming the retirement sticks. Um, and uh, yeah. And uh, just a great career for, for Amanda Nunez. I think, um, I think this one's going to stick. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I just say that just because, you know, you never know, but well, I, I, mean, you know, you, I would you, expect you it. see all the comments from people, yeah. from people. I think this one's going to stick. She, uh, She's made a lot of money. She's not a big yeah. spender. Uh, she's got. She started a started a gym, the business mm-hmm. with the main focus of her gym training female fighters. And I can see if she really promotes that, you know, as a place to welcome women to train. Mm-hmm. Like I could see that gym, especially being there in Miami, I could see that one being a big deal. And then she, you know, and then she'll still kind of be around the sport. She'll be yeah. coaching and, and yeah. So yeah, it's no, it's really she'll good be for an her. ambassador for the UFC. Yeah. And she, I mean, you know, the, the, these fighters who are big names when they're, it's when their time is done, they have enough opportunities to, to outside of the, for outside yeah. of stuff to, to keep living comfortably. It's the ones that are like the middle and lower that we really, that's where, we're, that's where we're like, need to push for the increase in the fighter pay and what and taking care of them after some sort of a some sort of a pension for yeah. uh, old fighters would be good yeah. too. Um when I was on Wrestling Observer or not um uh the GG show, the fight game podcast extra on the weekend, he asked me to sell sell me on this show. You know, he says give me three reasons to buy the show. And the first one I said was you never know when it's going to be Amanda Nunez's last fight and you want to see the greatest, uh, you know, fight. And, and, you know, that turned out to be the second thing I, you know, I was selling him. Well, the third thing I was selling him was on the Ige Landwehr fight. And I said, it was going to be great. And we'll get into that in a minute. But the second thing I said was Oliveira Darius. And I said, for hardcore fans, this is like, you know, almost like the real main event. Um, you know, you've got the former champion trying to get back a title shot. You've got Darius, who's probably earned a title shot that if he if he beats Oliveira, you can't deny him. This is a huge fight. And I said, like I told him, and then I also did my best bets. And Oliveira was one of my best bets. I said, and I even I said it right on the show, and you can go back and listen to it. It's on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. 
I said, I see Oliveira finishing him. I said, you know, like they they have um, the grappling and the and the um, submission stuff from from the two of them will probably cancel each other out uh, to an extent when they go to the ground. But on the feet, Oliveira's got a distinct advantage, and I got that from you. And I was thinking back, and I even I actually went back and watched a couple fights. And Darius, wow, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, because it's real money I'm talking about here. And Darius can be finished like he's been finished before now when he doesn't get finished he usually guts it out and wins but but he's been stopped and Oliveira, um you know everyone talks about his submissions but he rocks guys and uh you know like he 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 um like a lot of the fights that he submitted people like he really could have knocked them out but he just you know he got them in trouble and then he just put on a hold finished finished michael chandler with punches yeah he did yeah he did and uh, and he finished Jared Gordon, and he finished Nick Lentz, which is like real tough to do, um, you know. And and then like even in a lot of his submissions, like I he, mean, yeah, you know, it's only been in the last few years where he's been like finishing yeah. guys with the striking. So yeah. And I went and I saw that uh, he was six to one to uh, to to win by finish, and I'm like, oh, I hopped on that, and and I got a nice payday. Um, and I also did uh, I did a three fight parlay with my three best bets, and Landwehr let me down, but I also did another one with for bigger money for Oliveira Nunez because I was really confident in those top two fights. So I did really well in my betting, but um, Oliveira, um, you know, uh, knocked out Beniel Dariush. First round, four minutes and 10 seconds. They went to the ground early. Um, Darius was on top. Oliveira was working for submissions from the bottom. And kind of what I expected, like I I never for one second thought Oliveira wasn't either going to submit him or get back to his feet. Like it just did not look like Darius had any kind of control over him, even though he was on top. And uh, and then when they got back to the feet, like Oliveira was the one that was landing. Um, and then he, he rocked him and then he knocked him down and, and he just, he, he just finished him and, and the ref actually gave it a little bit more time than he could have. Like, I'm not ta- I'm not saying it was a late stoppage, but a little, like maybe like five seconds longer than, you know, where I would have said, okay, it's over. Um, but I think he was just given Darius time to get back into it. Uh, because everyone was expecting like this to be like a great 15 minute war. And, and we got four minutes and 10 seconds of a really good fight. Um, but yeah, Oliveira, and and then he called himself the real champ, which is you know kind of funny given how he lost to uh, Makachev. But uh, fans seemed to buy it. Um, big night for Canada, which we'll get into as well later. And and I called Oliveira an honorary Canadian for the week, so um, you know kind of capped off the week for the Canadians. Um, and yeah, he talked a little bit in English, which people weren't expecting. And uh, yeah, and he called for a title shot, and Makachev answered him on Twitter and said, "There's levels." So he didn't seem too worried, but I think that's the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, sure. I want to say this about Charles Oliveira, Charles Oliveira. And anybody who knows me has no, no, has known that I've been ta- singing his praises for years, said 13 years ago, he was going to be a future champion. He got, he got there. I remember his UFC debut submitting Darren Elkins. Yeah. It's Darren Elkins. He submitted him in 41 seconds. And I was at Oliveira's second fight in the UFC when he fought Efren Escudero, and he just looked fantastic in that fight. Fight, Yeah, he had his struggles, struggles, but he became champion. And I'm going to say this after this, and, I'm, and I say this with full confidence after this, after this fight. Charles Oliveira is a fucking superstar, and he should be one of the biggest pay-per-view draws that the UFC has. Mm-hmm. Like... He's in ridiculously bonkers fights every time he goes out. Like most, 
like when you're talking when you he needs to you, fight for that bmf title yeah if you, <laughs> you know we were talking we were talking about top five most exciting fighters in the sports here recently yeah and i mean poirier gaethje Oliveira, uh chandler chandler yeah chandler maybe yeah chandler it's hard you know holloway is still in there there's a few other guys there's a few other guys and there's a few you know adesanya you know shit i'd even throw volkanovsky in there now I, yeah, rodriguez, yeah. rodriguez a whole bunch there's a whole bunch of guys who exciting fighters actually the the guy the guy i would almost want to throw in there is uh god i always blank on his name but the guy the guy, the guy that's just mowing through everybody heavyweight right now um, uh the russian uh, the russian oh pavlovich yes <laughs> even that jalton almeida from, yeah, from yeah, because like with the submissions, yeah, yeah he's becoming yeah. excited. But, but I mean, extended his UFC record for twenty finishes. Yep, <laughs> just and uh, yeah, twenty three wins, <sighs> right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's right behind Jim Miller, I think. Yeah, it's Miller, Arlovsky, and then Oliveira, I think. No, no, he's not quite. I don't think it's. Uh, he's got thirty four career wins. He had twelve when he. He's got twenty two wins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And twenty of them are finishes. That's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, twenty out of twenty-two, ninety, ninety-one percent finishes. And uh, yeah, it was a great showing. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna get the time. He's gonna get the next title shot. Now, I say that because it looks like Islam's gonna fight in Abu Dhabi, and they need a challenger for them. Realistically, yeah, they just fought less than a year ago. When's Abu, Abu Dhabi? September? Yeah, uh, October. October, okay. Yeah, it'll be nearly a year to the day for yeah. when Makachev beat Oliveira for the title. So little... unless unless that uh, that fight in July ends okay. in like thirty this, seconds, this, this yeah. is where this is where I was gonna yeah. this is where I was getting getting to like like yeah, it's gonna be them. It's too quick to go to the tournament. It's too quick to go back to that fight, in my opinion. But the only other real option is the winner of Poirier and Gaethje, and that fights in July. And you're asking the winner of that fight to basically go right back into camp after that mm-hmm. fight. And if it's anything like we're expecting, <laughs> there's no yeah. there's no way the winner of that fight fights within the six months. And now you yeah. get Charles Oliveira who has seven weeks, seven week head start essentially over mm-hmm. the over those guys. So he's gonna get the next half fight. Next I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to see see it again, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe Charles has a little bit more confidence. It, yeah. Uh Makachev showed he's beatable to mm-hmm. against Volkanovski. I mean, he's he yep. is beatable. And uh, if Oliver can just strike like he did in this fight, I think he's got a better shot than he did the last time. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of catching him. And uh, I think um, the the other thing was when they when they got to. I think Oliver was a little too. Um, uh, he was a little too eager to get to the ground and he wasn't respecting uh, Makachev's ground game, I don't think, enough. And that, that may have been part of the difference there as well. And here he's probably going to rely more on striking. You know, watch that Volkanovski fight and, and learn some stuff. Yep. So, um, All right, so the other big story on this show, uh, we were in Vancouver, Canada, and a big, big night for, for Canadians. And uh, they there's five Canadians on the show, as well as um, Diana Belbita 
in the opener was not Canadian, but she fights out of a camp in uh, in Ontario. So she was basically treated as a local. And all night, like if people were confused, like they were saying Canada was six and zero because they were counting Belveda's fight, but actual Canadians were five and zero, and a lot of them were upsets. So it, it was you know kind of like a really big night for Canada. And uh, topped off by Mike Malott, and and you'll get into the results here, and and uh, you know and he's, we won't... he's part of our three stars, so yeah, I, well, I figured, um, and uh, so yeah, actually we we can just get right into the big star, but I just wanted to mention the you know Canada going uh, five and zero, which is really big, and as you uh, mentioned, probably less Canadian fighters on the roster now than there's ever been, only sixteen. Yeah. yeah, so this is, you know, this will be inspiring some some Canadians and, you know, now that they're touring again and uh, hopefully they'll be back in Canada and UFC will be signing some Canadian talent because they want to fill out these shows. And like the way that the crowd reacted to the Canadian fighters, you know, just kind of cemented that. Like yeah. it's a very important market for, for UFC. Um, but you, you do your three stars because I've got I've got like at least six I can choose from. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, first one I'm gonna cheat and put Oliveira there just so sure. Can, yeah, yeah. So number two is Mike Malott. He looked oh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Like like if UFC is looking for a guy to build build in Canada as the next like you know I don't I don't know if he'll it's it's tough welterweight's tough i mm-hmm. i'm he's only three fights in i'm not 100 percent sure that he's going to be a tie, title challenger in the future in the future but if they're looking for somebody to start building up as a head as somebody who can headline in canada in canada you know on you know espn plus card in canada mm-hmm. and you need a canadian to headline it he's the guy i throw i throw i go all in on basically yeah. for as far as canadians on the roster he's got the look he's got the look he's exciting he speaks well he could get up there and and be ranked and and fight for a title i mean there's all indications are are like he's he's gonna be really good 31 years old so time's not necessarily on his side on his side he needs to start making a run and being very active but he's a guy i go all in on you know what the biggest difference (laughs) one of the biggest differences between ufc now and like 15 20 years ago, 15 anyways, if a guy like Mike Malott had come in on, you know, in like 2007 and won a submission, got a submission finish in his home country on the third fight from the top on a pay-per-view, that guy's fighting for the title on the next, you know, like three, four months later. And I mean, Malott is so far away from that. Like, it's just like that. I I just, that kind of hit me because that was the way it used to go. Like a guy would get an impressive finish and then right away he's in a title fight because that's the divisions back then. Like you didn't really have many fighters, but um, yeah, real good choice anyways. Yeah. For your first and, and my third one is going to be Eamon Zahabi. Yeah. I mean, anytime you win a fight in 64 seconds by knockout, I mean, it's a very impressive and uh, yeah, he looked better than ever. Uh, Richie Lang, Took some risks and they didn't work out. Zahabi caught him with the left hook that dropped him, and he started to do the walk off. But the referee was on a little bit of a delay, so he had to yeah. go in and land a couple more punches. But it was over once he dropped Arichi Lang, and very impressive win for Zahabi. So he's my third star there. All right, my first star. I kind of, I think I said this. I can't remember if it was Twitter and the Discord, but Jasmine Jazadavicious. Yeah, he said um, it on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, God, like she was. She was so good in this fight. Like I know we we disagreed on whether or not she won the first round, and it didn't ended up not mattering because she came yeah. back in the second and the third, and uh, she she just she was just mowing through Miranda, and Miranda didn't know what hit her. 
um you know this this uh, you know between the second and third round it almost felt like one of them could have been a 10-8 even though neither one of them probably was but she just like she destroyed her in the last two rounds and she was not gonna not win like it was just you know they they um the the you know she she just this is her biggest win miranda mavericks a name she's ranked and now jasmine's gonna be ranked so just uh just an incredible performance i thought kind of fueled on uh by the crowd um my second real, real, real quick, real quick yeah. before yeah. you since yeah since you brought it up in uh debating about that first round and uh i went back and watched the first round and even then there's no way you can give it the maverick definitely won the first first okay. round. i watched that entire round where she was a um, maverick landed more but when uh sue vicious was on top like she literally didn't land a single punch she was just she was on top for two minutes yeah but it was only she was only defending the arm the entire time she didn't do anything else but defending the arm so it's kind of hard to give her to give her that because yeah she spent two and a half minutes on top but she wasn't doing any offense she was playing defense the entire time and what was that i think would it one judge offense. had it 30 27 the other two no, it was, had it 29, no, it was 29 28 across the board oh, across the board okay All right. and most of the media I, scores were 29 28 as well so and even though but you took some flack for, i took some yeah. flack for it because yeah. mine got on the screen screen yeah. but then but then i'm like looking at the the people I took some flag from are not people to be taken seriously on social media. Well, that's what I learned about my last week. Even though, like, I, you know, maybe I was wrong. Like, I, I watched it and I, I still stand by what I said. But I also, you know, like, clearly I was wrong on the strikes and everything. And I don't want to get into it. But, yeah, no, yeah I thought like, it was like, I thought it was getting tons of flack. And it, it which, turned out it was the same guy just over yeah, and over it, again. It was, it's people with, yeah. with I mean, I mean, 17 followers. Of, and, yeah. And, and when somebody's calling you retard. Yeah, you know, using words that you shouldn't like. Oh, you don't take those people. Seriously. I block those people if you I, I see that word people. that's yeah. blocked. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, if it here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing about scoring. It's subjective, and it's how you see. Yeah, how you see it, and and you can disagree with somebody, but if you if you're disagreeing with a point and you're using you're using names, you're calling them names or saying what fight are you watching or blah blah blah. Or you're being a yeah. prick about it. You're not to be taken seriously. You, you know, somebody I'll t- I'll respond to people who be like, ah, you know, somebody goes like, ah, I thought, I thought to see the vicious one that round, you know, and they do it nicely. I'll, you know, I'll give my reason why. And, you know, people yeah. who disagree, who disagree nicely, you know, th- those are fine. But, but the people who give you the flack are the ones who aren't to take, aren't to take seriously for the most part, you know? No, <laughs> everybody, totally goes, agree. everybody goes, just like, Oh, he has money on Maverick. I go like, I don't bet on fights. People, uh, people like, like you I had know, money on jazz of Yeah. I'm a, I'm a media, <laughs> you know, let's we're allowed let's, to bet. Media, some media members do it. Yeah, I don't do it yeah. because I, I personally feel like if I were to bet on it, then I'm swayed in some form. Oh, I, be, I'm not because I. I I'll be, be honest with you. I usually forget my bets as soon as yeah. I make them. Well, so. yeah, you're old. But you're old, but yeah, but <laughs> that's true. I don't know. Well, plus, to, I do so many bets that there's no way I could remember them all. Yeah, I don't want to feel like I don't want to feel like you know it takes me from being able yeah. to do do my uh-huh. job as an unbiased unbiased no, person i hear that i hear that um my second star is going to be another fighter that won a decision um and it's kyle nelson 
um over Blake Builder. And uh I thought like this was this was a pretty big upset. He I think he was a minus two seventy or plus two plus two thirty underdog. Uh Builder was a minus two eighty favorite. Um and yeah, Nelson just kind of gutted it out. And you know, first round was kind of close and then Nelson just kind of took over. Builder got tired and he gutted out a decision win and uh, cut a great promo afterwards. And uh, just, you know, real easy guy to get behind at, at featherweight. And uh, Blake Builder was his first loss. Uh, he'll be back. But uh, nice, nice win for Kyle Nelson in, in the home country to kick things off for the Canadians. And I'm going to go off the reservation here for my third star. My third star was the crowd. Crowd was awesome. Like right from the start, they were loud. They... They were full and they were just starving for MMA and they fueled on these Canadians. These Canadians, uh, Kyle Nelson, we mentioned, Zahabi, Jazza DeVicious, Marc-Andre Barrio and Mike Malott just all, um, you know, they were all spurred on by the crowd. Uh, Aman Zahabi looked just like a conquering hero. He looked like he won the Stanley Cup, you know, after he won. And he was just so happy with his brother. And Mike Malott just came off as like a superstar, like just, just a great night. And, and I'm giving my third start of the crowd. Okay. So that's it. Um, take us through the uh, rest of these fights on this uh, really good card. 11 fights. Started off with a women's strawweight fight. Uh, Diana Belbita, uh, unanimous decision over Maria Oliveira, 30, 27, 30, 29, 28. <clears throat> to me, Belbita was just better with the grappling and better with the striking. And I had her winning all three rounds. Oliveira, the, but during the week, she mentioned that after she took the fight, oh, she yeah. went and filmed a reality show and then didn't start her camp until about three weeks before the fight, which, I mean, she got tired early. Mm-hmm. And and she looked okay, but, I mean, if it feels like somebody, if you, if you actually spent eight to ten weeks, you might have won this fight. Mm-hmm. And it's also unfortunate for her because uh, this was the last fight in her contract, and it was announced today they didn't renew her contract. And I bet her comments uh, mm-hmm. about uh, doing the reality show, I don't think they knew that she did the reality show. I think they thought yeah. it was something that she did before she took this fight. Uh, I don't think uh, – I know for a fact that didn't make them happy because they were really high on her after she had an impressive win a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it just, and she's lost two in a, she's lost two in a row, and then that. So, yeah, she's she's on her way out. But good win for Belbita. Then we had a upset in the flyweight division. Uh, division. Stephen Urseg unanimous decision over David Dvorak, 30-27. Okay, I kind of want to, I don't want to bash Dave, Dave, but he was talking about the stardom and for Forbidden Door and about Japanese fighters needing visas to fight to wrestle in Canada. Oh. <laughs> That's not true because yeah. the whole, the whole reason Urseg was in this fight was because he could not get He was supposed to fight in the apex on May 20th and he couldn't get a visa for the U S and then when Dvorak pulled out, they put him in that Dvorak's original opponent pulled out national. They put Urseg in there because they could, because he could fight in Canada without a visa from Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. you know why? Yeah, but uh, that's okay. This might be because it's in the Commonwealth. Yeah. Cuz he's from Australia. So England, Canada, Australia, um India, um but maybe not Japan. Well, either. Yeah, either way, but yeah. I, I just kind of thought that was interesting cuz yeah. yeah, kind of interesting, but uh it's a little tidbit. But yeah, Ursa, Ursa, I mean the, the first round was was back and forth Dvorak 
in my opinion, won it. But mm-hmm. then Ursaig, he uh, he started hurting Dvorak bad on the feet, and then the third third round was on a lot of takedowns from Ursaig. Looked really good in the last two rounds. Impressive debut win, you know. Dvorak yeah, I, right, I had I had Ursaig, right I had Dvorak winning the first round as well. As, yeah. So when that thirty twenty seven came in, I was kind of like, whoa! I wonder what happened here. Yeah, the first the first <laughs> round was close. First round, it was, was close. close. It was yeah. close. Yeah. And then, uh, then we had featherweight uh, Kyle Nelson unanimous decision over Blake Builder. Uh, then we had Eamon Zahabi finishing Arichi Lang in sixty four seconds. And then we had Jasmine Sudavicious uh, unanimous decision over Miranda Maverick twenty nine twenty across the board. And closing out the prelims, we had an unfortunate end. Nasruddin yeah. Imavov and Chris Curtis. It was a no contest in the second round. They had an accidental clash of heads. Uh, second straight fight for Curtis. That there's been a clash of heads that can we that, talk about this for just a second? Yeah, let, let me. I'm gonna okay finish there and then we can talk about. But uh, yeah, clash of heads. You know, it cost. It probably cost him the fight against Gaslam. It cost him in a way in the fact that he didn't win this fight, but he didn't lose it. Uh, they they stopped it, and uh, he had a cut, and he said he couldn't see out of his eye, and. And they eventually decided to stop the fight because it was an accidental clash of heads. It was a no contest. So, yeah. Uh, I thought Curtis was looking for a way out as soon as he felt that. And he just like, he did not want to keep fighting. And then he just put on the worst acting performance ever when the ref tried to stop it. No, no, I really want to fight. And, but I mean, he's answering the question. No, I can't see. Yeah. And, and I don't know. He just, he, just that body language and he was getting beat bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I agree that he's looking for a way out, but he was starting to lose the fight. Even yeah. was taking over for sure. And then as soon as that head, but he's like, okay, I, I can get out of this now. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading. Uh, maybe I have a low opinion of Chris Curtis after uh, some of the comments, which is, made. which is weird because you were so high on him a year ago. Oh yeah. Oh, it's all that stupid stuff about the being on the prelims, but yeah. um, you know, when he wins a few, I'll be, I'll be right back. Don't don't worry. I, I'm I'm very wishy washy. Yeah. Okay, keep going. <laughs> All right, yeah. And then on to the main card, uh middleweights, Mark Andre Barrio, unanimous decision over Eric Anders, 30s 27 across the board. Uh I had it for Barrio. I thought the second round was close. I thought Anders actually looked good in losing. Yeah. It was one of those fights where like like 30 27 doesn't tell the whole story of the fight. Like it was, you know, some close rounds and Anders had a lot of great great moments in it, but Barrio just outstruck him in the first and third. Yeah. I actually thought Anders won the second fight. I thought he did better or the second round, I thought he did better in that round and Barrio every time Anders would start to get momentum, Barrio would land two groin strikes and it seemed like they both yep. happened when Anders was getting some momentum. So it kind of slowed it, Anders down, but in the end it didn't make a difference. Then we had a featherweight fight and uh, Danny got unanimous decision over Nate Landwehr. 29-28, 29-28, We talked about this fight a lot, expecting bananas and fireworks and a fight of the year contender. Didn't get to that level, but it was still a really great fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Ige, the story was basically Ige was outlining the land where the first two rounds, but really sealed it at the end of at the end of the, each round when he dropped as he dropped land where at the uh, near the end of both the first and the second round. And the second in the second round, he nearly finished them. Like land where was. Mm-hmm. Literally saved by the bell because he was get he got up and was stumbling around and so I, I gave him a ten eight in the second because yeah. I thought between dominating him on the feet and then the near finish at the end I thought it was a ten eight but 
Yeah, yeah, I won't argue that. But uh, but Landwehr did have a good third round, even though yep. I think Ige won it. Third round could have gone either way, either way. Oh, and I was trying to like when I was typing it out, I almost started typing Landwehr because I was just like, man, this one really could have gone either way. But I ended up giving it to Ige, Ige just because I thought he landed a little bit better. But yeah, good fight. Good I scored fight. it twenty nine twenty seven. I mean, either way, there's no doubt yeah. that Ige won. Yeah, good good fight. Not the fight of the year contender. Didn't even get fight of the night, but still good fight. Yeah. And then we had Mike Mallott, uh finishing Adam Fugit in the second round. Second round. Uh, I want to mention that when Mallott was walking out, the fans, oh, yeah. Rushed, yeah. fans rushed to try to get a high five. And there was a little too much pressure on that railing, and it collapsed. And so a bunch of fans came tumbling down to the arena floor from pretty high up. But uh, luckily, there was no, no serious injuries. Paul Felder yeah. said, Canadians are tough. Just get them a beer, and they'll be fine. <laughs> I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, beer's like twenty bucks. I could <laughs> I could see them getting up and apologizing for breaking yeah. the rail. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> so nice. The Canadians are so nice. But uh but yeah. then uh then yeah, closing out lightweight Charles Oliveira, first round TK over Benio Darius, and then Amanda Nunez going out on top, retiring with a dominant win over Irene Aldana in the main event. Big pay-per-view, great crowd. Uh, we got one extra bonus. Uh, there was a fight of the night with uh, it was Eric Anders and Mark Andre Barrio. I was a little bit surprised by that. I thought it might have gone to Urseg and Dvorak. Um, and the uh, the performance bonuses went to Urseg, uh, Mike Malott, and Charles Oliveira. Um, one thing surprising, I, I surprising on Urseg because very very rarely. Does a performance of the night uh, go to somebody go to, that won? Yeah, we won a decision, especially when there yeah. was a few finishes. Yeah, no, that was one thing I noticed. I I, I don't know if you noticed or if you agree. Um, we had David Dvorak in in the second fight, and then we had Adam Fugit in the third from the top. I thought they looked like like Dvorak looks like a mini version of Adam Fugit. Like they look like the exact same guy, um, and they even I, fight similar. But uh, I wasn't paying attention to that. So. Oh. Yeah, no, I just I, I when I watched, I was like, I swear I saw this guy fight earlier, and then I went back. Oh yeah, yeah, he looks like Dvorak. Um, and I'm not even talking like their profile pics or anything. Like I'm talking like watching them in the cage. Um, and they uh, they did a decent gate. Uh, it was three point eight million dollars uh, U.S. What, what was that Canadian? Like four point five? Uh, five point one four. Five point one. Okay, yeah, because the Canadian dollar right now is about seventy four cents. So uh, three point eight million, seventeen thousand six hundred twenty eight fans. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, you know on on terms of pay per view gates, it's probably on the low end of what they've been doing, but um, you know with, with the exchange and everything, that's to be expected. But still, a very successful night, and for the star power on this show, uh, you know they didn't lose money, um, and uh, hopefully they'll be back in Canada again before the end of the year. Yeah, they talked um, about Toronto possibly next. Okay, and that would be yeah, pay per view or fighting. I probably pay per view if it's Toronto. Right? They they didn't say anything. They just said, okay. They said they'd like to go back to Toronto. They didn't necessarily say it was next, but they were kind of yeah hinting that when they when they're back it'll be. Toronto. I think they owe uh, the Maritimes uh, show as well. So that that would probably be a fight night that like Halifax or um, you know really Halifax. That's the only. I think they were supposed to have. Weren't they supposed to have a show in Winnipeg before everything? Uh, not Winnipeg, Saskatoon, maybe. Yeah, I can't. I remember, remember there was one I was going to travel. I was thinking about traveling to. It definitely wasn't Winnipeg because we just had one in like 2018. So I don't think we're up for one yet. Um, but maybe. I mean, I'd sure, sure, I'd sure be happy if we did. Yeah. 
All right, so that was UFC 289, and uh, so we got a few shows this week, and we'll we'll try to get through these quick because we're already running low on time. Uh, but we have PFLs back on Friday this week, um, and they're on ESPN for the main card, ESPN Plus for the prelims. Uh, it's not a huge show. We've got Larissa Pacheco, the defending champion, who beat. Uh, um, Kayla Harrison, she's back uh, fighting Amber Liebrock in the co-main event. Main event is Ante Delizia and Maurice Green, former UFC fighter. Uh, just looking through these names. Jorgen DeCastro's former UFC guy. Henan Ferrara. Aspen Ladd is uh, fighting uh, Carolina Sobek in the featherweight tournament. We got Julia Budd on the card. I don't think she's not in the tournament, right? Where is she? Uh, she is. Oh, she is? Okay, yeah. So she's fighting on the prelims against uh, Martina Jindrova. Um, so it's probably the biggest name on the prelims. Uh, not much else to of note here. And they're, of course, back in Atlanta, so we might get some more peaks at the fighter pay. Be real interested to see what uh, Aspen Lad's getting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, but it doesn't look like a super marquee card, but... Nothing else on going on on Friday, so I'll I'll definitely watch it. Any other thoughts? No. All right. Uh, Bellator is also back, and they've got a big show. Uh, this is uh, from Chicago, also on uh, Friday from the Winchester Arena, which is uh, I think the same arena AEW is running uh, for one of their upcoming shows. Forgot for the Dynamite on the twenty first. Yeah. So like, so they're running. They got the Wind Trust on Friday. They're doing Collision on Saturday at the at the United Center, and then they're back at the Wind Trust on, for Dynamite on uh, the following week. So yeah, Chicago gets a lot of uh, sports entertainment uh, between MMA and uh, and and wrestling. But uh, th- this is a big show. Um, the uh, main event is for the uh, light heavyweight championship: Vadim Nemkov and uh, Yoel Romero, Soldier of God. Um, and we've got the uh, the bantamweight championship. Uh, Sergio Pettis and Patricio Pitbull in the co-main event. And, and uh, uh, make a note there that uh, Patricio Pitbull looking to become the first fighter to, to win to win three uh, championships in three weight classes in a major. Yeah, major that would promotion. be in a major organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it might have happened in one. I, I might be wrong about that, but I, I think it might have happened in one. But certainly for like a major, like a U.S. based promotion, um, yeah. it it would be the big, it would be the first time. Um, I, I don't count one because we don't actually, yeah. see their, we don't actually see their fighters weigh in, so we don't, no, no, know, and, and we don't and, even and, know if they actually make weight or what. <laughs> no, except when they don't want them to. Uh, and uh, also another big fight on that card is Corey Anderson and Phil Davis. And uh, and then the rounding out the main card is Daniel James and Gokin Sarakem, which is a pretty solid main card uh, for uh, for Bellator. And they, of course, they got their prelims with uh, not no. I'm just looking through. Sometimes you got some interesting names on the prelims, but there's nothing much here. Uh, Richie Smolin and Carl Moore. Surprised they didn't just save them for Dublin. They're both Irish fighters, but um, they're on there. Emmanuel Sanchez, uh, Jaleel Willis are probably the biggest name. So, yeah, not not much there. In the Kyle Crutchmer against Bobby Nash. So. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, both. I think they're both ranked in uh, welterweight for Bellator. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, Bellator on Friday. And uh, that – we're in Canada, so I guess you can't watch it. Um, well, you, you can watch it on Bucks Showtime. Now. You can pay ten not doing bucks that. to watch on YouTube. Hey, they lower the price. I can, I can watch PFL for free. 15. Yeah, I can watch PFL for free. So I just wanted to bring um, up that they they lowered it from fifteen to. Oh, 10. they lowered it already because nobody bought it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Lower it to um, 99 cents and maybe people will buy it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I even buy maybe, it for 99 yeah. cents. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I just, yeah. Um, all right. We have the, uh, so the one show they were, they were, I think this is the one they were talking about all week, all, all show on, on, uh, on the region. We're just going to look over some of the regionals. Um, this combat FC four, they, they were promoting the hell out of this thing. Cause I think there's like a 16 year old fighting on this card or something. Is that the one or is it something else? I, um, but the, I, I know this is on UFC fight pass. Um, because they were saying breaking news, fighting on this, like they said this a bunch of times. It was know, uh, that jujitsu. I don't remember show. anything. It was that jujitsu show. Oh, it was jujitsu. Okay, so it wasn't this one. Yeah. Uh, this is UFC Fight Pass uh, Friday evening. Uh, they got a show from Wilmington, Massachusetts, Combat FC. Uh, not much, no big names on that show. Uh, Randy Costa is fighting on the uh, on the card. He's a former UFC guy. That's the only guy any of you would probably have heard of. Uh, we've also got CFFC, uh, the show that CM Punk uh, sometimes does commentary for. I don't imagine he's going to be available this week. Um, and that is Friday evening. What makes you think that? <laughs> Wasn't he on the next night on on uh, on uh, Collision? I mean, I guess he yeah, could go from Atlantic City. <laughs> oh, you're making Okay, sorry. He, I mean, he, he, could. he, he, he could. He could yeah. if he wanted to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the big one on this one is Kyle Daukus is uh is fighting on this card uh i didn't even know i I didn't remember that he was cut from ufc Uh, i'm sure you mentioned at some point but you know me and my memory as as you mentioned before it's not good (laughs) no what my memory no not at all uh you'll be the person saying i'm not i'm not saying anything you ever said to me no (laughs) no uh we've also got an lfa card from kentucky on friday night so friday night's just loaded on ufc fight pass three three different shows all running at the same time and uh just check and doing a quick scan to see if there's any big names in that one not really just your standard lfa card so probably some prospects that'll make their way to the contender series or ufc proper uh we got octagon 44 from germany in uh on saturday on DAZN. uh full contact contender on ufc fight pass which is a minor uh uk promotion uh that is on saturday afternoon as well and uh that's about it the has got another one afl 30 from europe on saturday evening and uh yeah that's Pretty about it good, yeah. yeah well fusion fight league on fight as well is is somewhat big um just check out this card and see if there's any sometimes these shows have former ufc guys on them uh oh god no no, this is a bunch of O and O, O and one guys. Okay, never mind. Uh, so yeah, we can forget about that. But yeah, for the Saturday is a is a or Friday is a big night for uh, for Fight Pass. So if you're if you don't want to watch PFL or Bellator, just throw on Fight Pass, and there's going to be tons of fights on there. So our uh, and then the big one, which freaking I didn't even pull up. I had everything but UFC up here, uh, but I still have the the uh, topology list here. So I've got it right here. Uh, ESPN show again. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So this is uh Vittori Cannoneer. Big fight. Uh, this, uh, this would have fit right in on that pay-per-view, probably third from the top, but they need headliners. So we're getting, we're getting a decent, uh, decent headliner for the apex. Unfortunately, uh, Marvin Vittori and Jared Cannoneer, a couple middleweight contenders, both top five guys. Um, and both looking to get back into title contention. Um, Vittori, you know, I'm sure thinks he's the uh, uncrowned champion because 
he had a split decision with uh, Adesanya way back when. Um, but uh, big middleweight fight, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't really have a strong feeling either way because it's a re- just a really good match, and I think the winner is very strongly positioned. I say the only negative about this fight is the fact that it's in the apex. Cause, yes. You know, yeah. It's a, it's a quality fight. Uh, I'm not expecting like a blow away fight. Uh, Victorian Cannoneer are definitely two fighters that can fight at a level that where they're fighting to uh, do what they can to win. I'll put it to that, to that yeah. way. You know, it, it could be exciting. It could be just a very technical five round fight where there's a whole lot of trading. Uh, they're both good on the feet. Uh, the both string together combinations of uh, a Tory, whenever uh, he does like to grapple, if it's not going his way on, on the feet and he might feel like he has a grappling advantage over Cannoneer. Cannoneer also, uh, also uh, is a good grappler. Cannoneer is also a sneaky finisher. Like he, he could be dangerous from anywhere. We remember that Derek Brunson mm-hmm. finished Brunson tried to tried to wrestle him and he made him pay with elbows and he could do the same thing. To Vittoria, Vittoria's not careful. Uh, Vittori, uh, you know, he, as much as he annoys me with his personality and the way he talks and the fact that every other word is a four-letter word, mm-hmm. word is kind of hard to talk to him. Uh, he's, when he's in there, he's a dog. Like, he comes he comes to fight, and he puts the pressure on, and he's a really good fighter. Uh, it's a great main event. I'm having a tough time, a tough time figuring out who's going to win. I'm leaning a little bit more towards Cannoneer right now. Me but, too, uh, but I because I think there there's more tools for him to finish. But yeah, this is a really really excellent matchup. Well, when you look at the records, um, and and specifically since Cannonier moved to middleweight, and you got to remember he's a former heavyweight. So I mean, you look at that overall record, and you can kind of just throw it out the window because he fought at heavyweight, he fought at light heavyweight, but since moving to middleweight, he's six and two. And the two losses are to Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya. And he went to a decision with both those guys. So, I mean, that tells you how good he is right there. Um, Vittori as well, you know, like he split decision with the champ. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's he's got finishing power. And his only two losses, his only losses since 2016 are to Adesanya and Whitaker as well. So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the, the winner is definitely positioned, um, you know, to, to win. And, and I think that the key is if they have an impressive performance, but if, if it's just like a boring 15 minute, then I think someone's going to leapfrog them um, because Adesanya right now, like he's beaten them both already. So unless somebody does something to sep, unless one of them does something to separate themselves, um, you know, there's no point in going back to, you know, just the fight that Adesanya is probably just going to do the same thing he did last time. So, yeah. um, other than that, though, there's not much else on this card. Like there's a, you know, there's a few names that people know, yeah. but it's no big fights, really. I mean, you got to You've got to come up with three and man, like I've got, I've got three. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you do. But, uh, you know, if you're if you're into skipping shows like, eh, you don't probably need to watch this one. Watch the main event. But <laughs> so you're, you're trying to justify justify you watching collision over this show. Well, I have to because I'm doing a post game show with Garrett, but I will watch this show. But I, I ain't watching it live. I, that, <laughs> that's for sure. And I mean, and, and that's the thing, like even if. Well, I probably would watch live if there's nothing else on. I'm, but... troll- I'm trolling you for sure. No, I know. If it was you'll a watch, pay-per-view... we watch the main card uh, mostly live because that main card doesn't start till that's over. 
So, oh, really? Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the show starts at six. Yeah, and and I'll be doing that post game show, so I'll probably be up like I'll probably be watching till like three in the morning. But um, I mean, I you know to be honest with you, like if I had to pick up three fights, I got three staring at me right in the face, and they're probably going to be the three you pick. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, all all three of mine are on the main card, but they're all solid fights. Yeah. Uh, first one is going to be the co-main event, Armin Sarukian against Joaquin Silva. If you look at this fight on on surface on paper, Sarukian's a top ten guy. Silva is a bottom bottom level, or mm-hmm. would be in the bottom bottom half if you for sure of the lightweights. Uh, this fight was kind of made because they needed they Sarukian was supposed to fight fight uh, you know, at the end of April and lost his opponent when he was supposed to fight Moicano, and they wanted to get him a fight. And Joaquin Silva was the one who stepped in. Yeah, and you look at recent history, Sarukian six and two in the UFC. His only two losses were to Makachev and Gamro, which you know, <laughs> top ten, top ten fighter. Joaquin Silva has lost three of his last five, but it's a dangerous fight. Uh, Silva, uh, Sarukian right now. When I last saw the betting odds last night, Sarukian was a minus one thousand favorite, and Silva was plus six fifty. I think there'd be some value at Silva plus six fifty. I don't necessarily think he's going to win, but he's got power, and he mm-hmm. can always catch Sarukian and finish him. So that's he's that that alone. Would be in a plus six fifty. It's worth putting probably a few bucks on him, though. I do expect Sarukian to fin- to uh, win the fight, but it should be exciting. Sarukian usually has has pretty exciting fights. Uh, my second fight to watch is a middleweight fight: Armin Petrosian against Christian Leroy Duncan. I'm super high on Christian Leroy Duncan. His UFC debut didn't go how he wanted it to. He won, yes, but it was because Dusko Todorovic blew out his knee in in the opening minute end of the fight didn't get a chance to show what he showcase his skills he's very very good uh petrosian dangerous fighter uh you know this this could be a sleeper fight of the night right there that's a very good matchup my third one is welterweights nicholas dobby against muslim salikov uh both these guys just are, don't mind getting in dog fights salikov is dangerous on the feet dobby can do everything everything good he can strike well good grappler uh hard to finish always comes forward salikov always comes forward as well so uh yeah that's a that's another interesting fight to me the one i would have added and i thought you might pick was uh pat sabatini and lucas almeida yeah that's another good matchup yeah and uh the only thing that worries me about that one is uh paul felder but <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's calling the show or not. So. I think he said he was. That's when when they were going over this card. I think they said, "Oh, Paul, you'll be there," unless they just meant he's going to be there watching. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, just... I will say the main card on this show is pretty pretty good. The prelims, yeah, and, and, and prelims you know, there's, are there's hit or miss on the prelims. There's a couple. There's a couple interesting ones on the prelims, yeah. uh, which uh, you'll go through right now. Uh, yeah, in uh, fact, including the first one, which. Uh, I'm actually looking really looking forward to this yeah, first fight. Okay, so yeah, prelims. Okay, kicks off at seven Eastern time. Uh, prelim card will be on ESPN two and ES and ESPN plus. At least that that's as of today. I mean, it could always switch to big ESPN. Yeah. But anyway, kicks off with the light heavyweight fight: Zach Pagua against Modestus Bukaskis. Re, you know, looking at these prelims, really surprised this is the opening fight. Yeah. Because it's probably if if because honestly. I was trying to decide between that and Dolby Salikov as my third fight to watch. A uh, very high level, 
light heavyweight fight. Bukaskis is uh, in his second UFC run, coming off of an impressive win over Tyson Pedro. Pagua, uh, he lost the Ultimate Fighter, the most recent one at heavyweight, but he had a good light heavyweight debut. And but both these guys have some potential to make some noise in the division. So very good, solid opening fight. Then we have Bantamweights, Dan Argueta against Ronnie Lawrence. Then uh, women's flyweights, uh, Teresa Bleda against Gabriela Fernandez. Then we have a pair of flyweight fights. First, uh, Zalgis Zumagulov, you know, the uh, fifth beetle with his haircut, <laughs> fighting the uh, Felipe Boons. I hope Zumagulov kept that haircut. Yeah. from newark yeah because that was just great he looked he looked like a beetle or a monkey whichever you know so your typical 60s british rock star uh then we have flyways carlos hernandez against dennis ponder then the bantamweight bout kyung ho kang against christian quinones then back to flyweights jimmy flick against alessandro costa and then closing out the prelims is a bantamweight fight rayona barcelos against miles johns and then we have the main cars Kicking off at 10 Eastern time on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Uh, welterweights Nicholas Dobby against Muslim Salikov. Lightweight fight, Manuel Torres against Nicholas Mota. Featherweight, uh, Pat Sabatini against Lucas Almeida. Then middleweights, Armin Petrosian against Christian Leroy Duncan. Lightweights, bout, bout between Armin Sarukian and Joaquin Silva. And then your middleweight main event, Marvin Vittori taking on Jared Cannonier in a battle of top five middleweights. If you were paying attention, that was 14 fights. Team um, fights. Yeah, so starting at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, so it'll probably go until like 1 o'clock. Um, yeah, midnight at least, yeah. Yeah, so as long as – well, midnight our time. Yeah, midnight our time, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but then uh, the thing about eight prelim fights, that means they're going to be going back to back to back. They're yeah. going to be rushing, rushing through them. So. Which is – it's it's always – it's actually pretty good when you're watching yes. like that. Um, you know, it's easy to watch and – especially if there's a lot of finishes. Yeah. So yeah, that that's uh, Saturday night again, uh, ESPN. You said, uh, so topology already has it as ESPN two, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's listed on direct TV as ESPN two yeah. and listed on the ESPN website, but sometimes, sometimes yeah. depending on how things on how some games go and what, yeah. and what they, they switch around the ESPN schedule a lot. But uh, I think basketball and hockey will almost over now. So it'll be. Um, <laughs> I think basketball's. Uh, I think hockey's going to be over on Tuesday tomorrow. You know, to, to, yeah. Well, tonight, as you're listening to this show, you know, Tuesday. Did, yeah. did the Heat? Uh, did the Heat win? I'm looking at. I'm looking. It at was. Uh, they were up four when we started recording. The Nuggets won. Nuggets, Nuggets won. won. So bad. Okay. Basketball's over. Yeah. So that's done. They're four-one. Yeah. Okay. And I think yeah, NHL cool. will be done Tuesday night. So. Could be, could be, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Saturday night, and uh, we'll be watching. We'll come back next week and uh, and go over it. Um, so uh, we we got to talk about real quick uh, Connor and the Miami Heat mascot. I'm sure you've all seen this on Twitter. I didn't watch the clip, but I kind of know what happened. But explain it for the people. Uh, they were doing this. Connor was at the when was it? was a Saturday night, I guess a game, yeah. game for the Friday. I think it was Friday Friday game for the nuggets heat. And then the mascot was him and the mascot did a skit, did a skit where during downtime where, where Connor, you know, supposed to punch the mascot and knock him out, knock him out. You know, he did the whole thing where, you know, it was the whole thing where, you know, you're supposed to hit him one time. The mascot goes down and you do a follow-up shot. And then McGregor did that follow-up shot. Uh, you know, whether you look at it, may have gone in a little too hard because the 
the guy in the mascot suit ended up having to go to the ER, was having some tooth pain, tooth pain. And it was nothing ma- major from what they said. Like he was okay. He was okay. And, uh, I watched the video, uh, you know, there's a lot of people making a big deal out of it. I don't, I don't see this as a, that big of a deal in my opinion, in my opinion, he, I saw the video he probably laid the second shot in a little too hard, but he's also doing it on the nose. And he probably thought there was a little bit more padding there yeah. than there was. And uh, it's just kind of just a unfortunate situation. I don't think it was as bad as that time where Deontay Wilder knocked out that mascot on ESPN live on ESPN. Because when I saw that one, like Wilder hit him like full, full hard on and Wilder's, you know, a big heavyweight with a lot of power and he hit him with like full force standing whereas this one i just think you know i was just a little little you know connor maybe a little bit careless careless you know throwing a too hard of a punch but francis and ghana might want to go back and watch that wilder tape but uh, but, uh before yeah. deciding whether to fight yeah. him yeah i mean basically i want to talk about this because i think yeah. some of the discourse over this has just been absolutely insane there i've seen people saying connor should have been arrested and oh, mask that the mascot should be suing him. Mascot can't sue him. There's waivers, you know. This is a, mm-hmm. there's waivers in it, you know. I'm obviously. sure Connor's gonna gonna pay the hospital bill and cut the guy yeah, a check. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. The whole discourse over this has been stupid, and to me, it's a non-story, non-story. But everybody's talking about it, so I felt like we had to yep. at least chime in our opinions on it. And I don't. To me, like I said, I don't think it's as big of a deal as a lot of people are making it out to be. Yeah, I, you know, again, not having watched the video, but being aware of what happened, I just, to me, it's like, yeah, you know what, Connor, you know, should have taken it easy on the guy, but he didn't. And, you know, and something happened. And, and especially what you're saying, like, it was his tooth was hurting, like, you know, uh, just a bad, bad idea gone wrong. And hopefully they they don't do it again. Yeah. Because <laughs> you brought up the Wilder thing. Maybe they should have learned from that. Um, it happened like five years ago. So it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, all right, news. Uh, we have a uh, a location update for September sixteenth. Yeah, not, not not much news this week. The about the only thing is uh, that September sixteenth show, which is the Mexican Independence Day show, originally it was supposed to be at the Apex, but they're doing it at the T-Mobile Arena there in Vegas. Oh. It Ooh. helps it helps fulfill the fulfill, fulfill the deal they have deal they have with the arena where they're supposed to run four shows a year a year but they they did that deal they cut that deal with abu dhabi and sydney so usually the third pay-per-view is september or october but they're not doing that but this fills that deal and they said uh dana was saying he wants to kind of make it a big deal because it's mexican independence day they wanted to do a big a big show at a you know where fans could come in vegas doesn't look like there's gonna be a big boxing matchup that weekend in vegas like there usually is so they're taking advantage of it, and uh, we'll see who's in the who's in the main event. I mean, the problem is they're big Mexican stars right now. We're all all champions, and yeah, you don't want to waste a title fight on a fight you, night. No, especially considering that you need those for pay per views for various reasons. We'll put it yeah. that way. Not to mention, less mention the fact that you're sp- that contractually they're supposed to have a title fight on every pay per view that doesn't have McGregor in it, but uh. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But uh, that's about it on that one. All right. And uh, we had some people released. You mentioned um, uh, Maria Oliveira earlier. Let me put that up. Yeah, there's more, more releases, contracts not being 
renewed. Being renewed uh, you know, which is coming because you know they're about to sign a whole bunch of contender series. But the ones from since the last show, no, nobody really major. Uh, Orion Koske, Nick Fiore, Maxine Grishin, uh, Journey Newsom, Aaron Phillips, Takashi Sato, Don Shanus, and uh, Bia Malecki. Hmm. So, yeah. Look for them in a Bellator cage near you. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, and we have some uh, fight announcements and not nothing too big, although I guess uh, the the one the first fight we got for uh, September 16th looks uh, looks like it fits Mexican Independence Day. But uh, yeah. we started uh, closer to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, we'll go. We'll we'll skip the first one on the list. So we'll go to UFC fight night uh, uh, August 5th, which is I mean, the UFC hasn't officially announced it, but Tennessee has basically announced it saying that it's going to be in Nashville, which we've talked about still no main event for that show, but a couple of, couple of interesting fights on their featherweight fight, uh, Billy Quarantillo against Damon Jackson, a uh, lightweight fight, Ignacio Bahamandas against Ludovic Klein, and a light heavyweight fight, Ovin St. Prue against Jan Kudilava. That could headline. No, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a ESPN show in Nashville. Oh, gonna... But Nashville, I mean, OSP is big in Nashville. He, well, that's why he's on the card when he should be yeah. cut. He ain't a headliner. <laughs> All right. He ain't a headliner. I have this feel. I don't know why there's this gut feeling that uh, we're going to get Giga Chikadze against Brian Ortega soon in oh. a headline spot. So I don't know what show that's going to be. That sounds like 916. Yeah, it could be. It could yeah. be. Could be. Yeah, because that because Ortega is uh, big in Mexico, so that could be. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even think about that one. That one, I was just like, you know, trying to think about what what fits for an arena show that could. Yeah, uh, that could. Anyway, uh, UFC Fight Night on August twelfth. Couple fights. Uh, the fight that was supposed to happen on this Vancouver card that got canceled. Khalil Roundtree against Chris Dawkins at two hundred five pounds. It's been rebooked for that show. Uh, also, AJ Dobson against Tafan Nachukwi. Marcus McGee against Gaston Boyanos and Josh Fremd against Jamie Pickett. Uh, for UFC 292 um, in Boston on August 19th, uh, Gregory Rodriguez against Dennis Tallulan. That was supposed to be on the Jacksonville card. That's on June 24th. They got moved to Boston due to injury, injury I think. And then Crean uh, Silva, who just had that big submission knee bar win a week ago. She's fighting Marina Moroz. And uh, a fight that's in the works, but that hasn't been announced. So I only put fights that have been announced on this list. But uh, in the works that I've heard of and could be made officially anytime soon is uh, Rob Fon against Song Yudong, possibly. So, Oh, nice. So that's a big one. A uh, couple of fights for UFC 293 in Sydney. Uh, Casey O'Neill against Viviana Rojo. And uh, Carlos Olberg against Da Eun Jung. And then for that UFC fight night on Mexican Independence Day in Vegas, that's a team mobile we talked about. Lupe Godini is against Sam Hughes. Yeah, it's a solid, uh, solid fight. Nice Mexican yeah, and, fighter and, there. Yeah, and Lupe was calling the fight on that show. So yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, a couple different fighters that have asked for that. I think, but yeah, Lupe was the most recent one for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's uh. So that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for this show. Um. Ryan, uh, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, I'll be uh. The front page of wrestlingobserver.com doing UFC coverage for 
here for the rest of my life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because the you know as many shows as they're running, I don't know when the next weekend there's going to be new no UFC. So I'm mentally preparing for not having a break until Thanksgiving. I feel so, like there might be one in August, but no, no, there's right. not. There, there's there's every date. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think uh, maybe uh, man, uh, yeah, I believe so. But anyway, yeah, and then I'll be back in the Wrestling Observer, Observer newsletter uh, every week too. Yeah, you know, with UFC recaps and uh, and yeah, Twitter at Ryan J Frederick. Yeah, so and and uh, I'm at Paul Ace Fontaine on Twitter, and uh, I I will be back on the Fight Game Media Patreon, which I plugged at the beginning of this show. You can check out with uh, me and Jeff Hawkins uh, tomorrow night after Dynamite. And uh, this coming uh, weekend, uh, we're doing a post-game show on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. It might also drop on this free feed, I think. And it's going to be me and Jeff and Garrett Gonzalez. Um, I th- there's no set plans yet, on the, as far as I know, on this feed for a collision post-show sh- post like weekly. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. I'm sure there'll be some sort of an announcement because I don't think – I think that show is going to be a pretty big show. So uh, I know there's a lot of wrestling fans that listen, and uh, we'll, we'll be covering that in some form or another, uh, whether it is on the boom, which you can listen to on this free feed, um, or, uh, or, or something else. So – check that out and uh yeah um and other than that uh you know just just keep your eyes tuned and check check our twitter and uh we'll be uh we'll we'll be plugging all our stuff so for ryan i'm paul and ryan take us home like you always do all right i hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend later bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc